Welcome to the Veritas Equipping Podcast, a podcast designed to provide insight, resources, and biblical wisdom. Our mission as Veritas Church is raise up mature disciples, send out everyday missionaries, glorify God. Join us as we pursue Jesus to become mature disciples and effective disciple makers for God's glory. All right, Veritas, thanks for joining us once again. We are back with the final episode of our Six Essential Elements of Discipleship. We've got Sam here talking to you right now, and I'm joined this morning by Jordan Howell. What's up, Veritas? And Ellie Howell. Hey, Veritas. The Howells are in the house. So we are continuing on and closing out this series of the Six Essential Elements of Discipleship. And when we talk about those elements of discipleship, um, that's not just churchy words that we came up with, but these are actual things that we think matter and that we need to focus on and that um, we should be continually pursuing to be shaped by God's word and growing in these areas. So the six elements of discipleship, once again, are worship, abide, learn, connect, invest, and go. And these matter because we have a mission as Veritas Church to raise up mature disciples, send out every name missionaries, and glorify God. And these things are things we want to do as a church to be shaped as God's people to be intentional and to grow into more mature disciples and to be better everyday missionaries so that God would be more glorified in us. So that's what we're talking about. That's what we're going to focus on here. We've got the howls to talk about the element of go or going. And um, before we get into that and talk some more about what that looks like, just want to share a little bit about yourselves and tell us who you are. I know more people probably know Jordan a little bit better than Ellie. While I would say, and Jordan would probably agree, that Ellie is the powerhouse Absolutely. of their relational <laughs> duo dynamic. And Absolutely. So I think before I met Jordan, I heard about you and just the way that you love and care for girls and the benefit that that was going to be to ministry. And so excited to hear more about you guys. Just tell us about, tell us about yourselves, what you like to do, hobbies, things that keep you busy. Let us know who you are. Ellie, do you want to go first? Yeah, I got this. Sweet. Yeah, so like Sam said, I'm Ellie, um, married to Jordan. Lots of you know Jordan. He's great. He's a lot of fun. Um, Really the laughter of our family, which is super sweet for us. Um, Have three little boys who are wild and crazy and love to wrestle. Um, What are ages again? Three and a half, two and a half, and four months. Boom. Trying to make them not play basketball. Yeah, I'm drilling wrestling into their heads. So yeah. Yeah. We'll see. I'm still working on the basketball game. Uh, Blaze is pretty tall for his age, so I'm hoping that maybe we have one, but he's not super coordinated <laughs> so yet. So a house divided, sports-wise. Very yeah. much so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so love all things basketball. Um, got to play in college, which was super sweet. Really foundational for my faith, the way I was able to grow, um, just to know Jesus better through the triumphs and the trials that came along with that. Yeah. Sweet. And one thing that most people don't know about Ellie is she was a phenomenal athlete. And if not for injuries, probably could have played professionally, but she's incredibly humble and never talks about it. That's why like I struggle sometimes. I was a division three athlete, AKA very average and uh, not a knock to my D three athletes out there, but you know how it is. Um, but I almost felt the need to talk about it, and Ellie was playing Division One hoops and just never talked about it. She wanted to be known as someone more than a basketball player, and yeah, really just 
admire her her meekness and humility and how she's gone about that that's but, sweet jordan yeah, yeah. uh my name is Jordan. Hopefully we've met. If not, uh, I'm the college ministry pastor here at Veritas. Uh, yeah, wrestled in college. Division three, not impressive. Um, but things I love, I love spending time with family, with friends. I'm very extrovert. I uh, love being with people. I like grilling. Uh, it's, yeah, I can't cook much, but come summer, I have something to contribute to the family dinner table. What's your favorite thing to grill? probably brats. Yeah. Brats or brat patties. Yeah. Um, getting into, we just got a a flat top grill last summer. So getting into the more of like grilling veggies and that sort of thing. So that's been fun. Uh, fun fact about me. I don't know if I ate more than like five vegetables until I started, uh, eating meals with Ellie and she made me start <laughs> eating vegetables. So, uh, what is this nutrition? Yeah. What is this <laughs> salad? I don't want to be a rabbit, but uh-huh. here I am. I've had salads now. So, um, yeah, I mean, summer plans, we don't really have much going on. We have a swing set in our backyard and a little plastic Aldi pool. Nice. And we hope to spend a ton of time outside with the boys, but what else is going on, Ellie? Not a whole lot. Hope to get some to some parks, to the zoo, all things outside with yeah, kids. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's sweet. Gotta love that. Take advantage of that. We uh, um, recently received as a gift a slip and slide, that's and amazing. set it. I was not a fan at first, and I feel like some of it was just the practicality of like, oh, it's gonna be set up and it's gonna be working all this. Yep. That, some of that was realized last night where it was played for less than time it took to set up Shoot. and take down. But it's fine. Yeah. So now we have a slip and slide. It's for the kids, it's man. It's like, hey, you know, <laughs> it's a Tuesday night. Why not slip and slide? Let's Absolutely. Get so I love it. Yeah, Got to spend some time outside. All right. So let's jump into um, our element, our discipleship element of go going. And so what we talk about this. I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts and some scriptures that come to mind. But before we before we do that, let's define. So when we talk about the element of go in the six essential elements of discipleship, we're saying that a disciple of Jesus is somebody that lives their life on mission for Jesus. We see this in 2 Corinthians 5. I'm sure you guys are going to talk about that. And going is not just like a box you check of like, oh, yeah, like I know – I should go to other people and I should be, you know, Jesus was a friend of sinners, so I should do that as well. But there's a purpose behind it. And when we say going, we're talking about going, being proactively pursuing others with the gospel, both in word and deed. Hmm. So can you guys share with me a little bit about what this looks like for you, what scriptures come to mind or encourage you, or um, when you think about being a disciple who goes proactively to other people for the sake of the gospel, um, where do you find that? What scripture fuels you in that effort? For sure. I think uh, pretty foundational to my story. I came to know Jesus as a junior in college and uh, remember the woman at the well being one of the mm-hmm. first sermons that I 
had like listened to and heard and to see this woman encounter Jesus. And then the first thing she does is she goes home and tells people, come and meet this man who's told me everything yeah. about myself. And then you see all of these people then come to Jesus and eventually end up saying, we believe not just because of her testimony, but because we've seen you ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that compelled me for the first time to actually go home. It was the first time I had gone home since I left for college. And uh, it didn't strike me until really like looking at this podcast episode and thinking about how has God used Mm -hmm. going in my life. I probably wouldn't be married to Ellie if not for that initial interaction of like, go home and tell people about how Jesus has changed you. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, John four is huge for me, but um, I mean, Acts four, I love the story of Peter and John, you know, just before, before the council and, uh, yeah, bold witness for Jesus because they did go and they are seen as uneducated common men who had been with Jesus. And when they're told to shut up, their response is like, we can't help but mm-hmm. speak of that which we've seen and mm-hmm. heard. So. Yeah, I think, I mean, pretty clearly the Great Commission in Matthew 28, we're we're literally called to go and make disciples. Um, So I think that challenge there is obviously very foundational, but then after that, um, where Jesus reminds us that he will be with us always. Mm -hmm. I think that's the big encouragement to me, Um, and see that several other places in Scripture, like in Acts 1, um, that we will receive power from the Holy Spirit um, so that we can be witnesses. And it's really about going and telling, what have we seen? We don't have to know all the answers. We don't have to have everything right, be put together, but we can tell what we have seen Jesus do, and that's the best witness we have because uh, it's personal, it's relatable. It can really ch- uh, just show people what it looks like to follow Jesus because he is worthy of that. Yeah, yeah, that's sweet. I think that's so huge. We talk about, um, like in the ambassador's class and, and when we um, help people fill out their, their testimonies for baptism, um, talking about your story, not just being like, this is what God has done for me, but it's actually, it's a presentation of the gospel because this is what I have experienced. This is what I know to be true. Like, it doesn't mean you have to be a, you know, a theological scholar and mm-hmm. have like all these big doctrinal words to use in your statement. But like, if you can find, like for me, it's Ephesians two. Like uh, I tell my story through the lens of Ephesians two. I was like, this is who I was. I was dead in my trespasses and sins, but God made me alive. And like, now I'm, now I'm, I'm sent to do this work that like before I knew God, he had actually prepared for me to do. And so now yeah. I live my life in Christ and by his power and do that. And so like, it's, it's really using like Ellie, what you were talking about her stories to tell, mm-hmm. like, this is what God has done for me. But like this is what I know is true, and people can't argue with the way that we've been shaped and impacted by the gospel. Absolutely, and I think I mean Ellie and I's testimonies are are very different, but relatable to different people. My, I feel like I was saved from rebellion, and Ellie mm-hmm. was saved in some ways just from like morality, and oh. um, just to see you know different ends of the spectrum to say like, oh, Ellie was a good kid. Uh, you know, by the world standards, I was not, but each of us needed saved, you know? Um, so just 
if you're out there and you're like, oh, my testimony isn't that powerful because I didn't, you know, serve time in jail or, you know, I didn't do hard drugs. It's like more people relate to the, I grew up in church, but it, it wasn't real to me, mm-hmm. you know? So, uh, everybody's testimony, it, you are a walking miracle. Uh, you are a testimony to God's grace and his saving power. So. Absolutely. That's awesome. Okay. So going proactively to other people for the sake of the gospel, why is this important? Like what about what we were just talking about? Those scriptures compels us to do so. Like is salvation just for us and something that we receive? And it's like this retirement plan. No, absolutely Mm -hmm. not. So why is it important that we do this? I think fundamentally it's, uh, what we're made for. Um, like we are made to first and foremost, know God, mm-hmm. uh, but then we're invited in to his mission to make him known. And, uh, you brought up second Corinthians five earlier. It's like, we are ambassadors for Christ. Like, whoa, that is a, that is a crazy gift to be invited. And you know, that, that chapter goes on to say, it's, it's God making his appeal through us to be reconciled mm-hmm. to God, like that we can be a mouthpiece for God and to play even but a small role in somebody's eternity is like, why would we not do that? That just, it just makes sense that it's like, oh, all of my other life purposes are brought underneath this umbrella of mm-hmm. making Jesus known. So. Yeah, I think really with the idea of purpose, I was sent a survey at work this week that it's like, do you understand what purpose is? Do you have purpose? Do you think this is important for people? And even in the secular world where they're thinking, this is our job, this is what we do, people are looking for purpose. Mm. And we have something that we've seen and experienced that goes far beyond the you know, 10, 15, 20 years that you might work at a job, but this is for the sake of eternity. And so people are seeking after that and we have something to share. So we're, we need to share. You know, like Jordan said, we can't help but to share uh, because this is people's eternity that's at stake and we value that and we care about that. Yeah, that's sweet. So have you seen this practically play out in your life, maybe connection group or even ministry wise uh, in, in Salt Company with college students? What does this look like for you guys? Sure. I think first and foremost, Ellie and I wouldn't be in Cedar Rapids if this wasn't part of our story. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we got married in 2017 and by April 2018, we started praying about, God, what does it look like for, for us to go? Um, and initially, we thought that was to go to East Lansing, Michigan, uh, with a church plant, the Commons Church. And Where were you guys at that point? We were at Candeo Church yeah, in Cedar right. Falls. Gotcha. So you were catching so, some of that vision yeah. from the church of like, hey— this is a thing that we do as Christians. We Absolutely. don't just get comfy and cozy and build our network and our family here and just like hang out for the rest of our lives. Yeah. Which was hard. Yeah. Honestly, we loved Cedar Falls. Yeah. Uh, Ellie would probably testify to this that like we had kind of drawn up our life plan to be like, how do we just live in Cedar Falls? Maybe mm-hmm. Hudson because it's smaller, but like, how do we just set up shop here and be close to family? And, but it was fun. Matt Hofert, who's now on our staff team, yep. was leading a class called Called to Multiply. And mm-hmm. it was like, this is what we are called to do. And we caught the vision of, of church planting and uh, initially thought like, oh yeah, this is for us. We're going to Michigan State just to be members of mm-hmm. a healthy local church in a new context. But Nathan Kalapek calls me, you know, 
later that year, he's like, I know you guys are planning to move to East Lansing, but what do you think about working in college ministry in Cedar Rapids? I was like, oh man, Cedar Rapids. Uh, (laughs) Wait, you weren't immediately attracted to our just wonderful landscape and smells of crunch berries? I am so sorry, Cedar Rapids. Uh, I, I undersold you. I I wrote you off, but you have, you have captured our hearts. We love it here. Um, so yeah, I mean, going is a huge part of why we're here. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think also part of, why we, why we, I would say, go to work. Um, it's not just me going to work at the church in vocational ministry, though obviously this is what I'm called to do, but I think I've seen Ellie really be intentional at health solutions, you know, in the secular world. Living sent and going to work. Um, yeah. What does that look like for you, Ellie? Just thinking about life at health solutions, living out your faith. Yeah, I think, I mean, just the idea of how do I live my life outside of work, but also bring that into work? Because being in the business world, there's very much, we're going to talk about work, we're going to do our work, we're going to do it well. Um, But just trying to figure out what it looks like for me to talk about what's happening in the life of our church or in the life of our family, um, because it is different. Mm -hmm. It's very different, and just not being um, someone who shies away from that is really hard. Um, But I think knowing that that's our call, knowing that that's our purpose, um, has allowed me to have conversations with coworkers. I've seen a couple of coworkers come to faith um, over the last probably year and a half, and they've gotten plugged in at Veritas, which has been super sweet for me um, to be able to have those connections, have people that I can go to that are also on mission, but then use that as fuel to share more. Um, it doesn't really stop there. It's great. It's a new life. We're going to celebrate that. Um, but the mission isn't over. Um, so just continuing to figure out what that looks like to be intentional in those conversations and bringing people into what's happening in my life. Cause that's countercultural for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think our connection group, uh, we co-lead a connection group with Jeff and Sarah Meyer and it's a lot of young marrieds, but, uh, just to see, I mean, shout out to Mitch and Anna Delamuth. Like, I think they've really embodied this. They live it out well. Mitch works, um, you know, at a bank in, in town and, uh, would say this isn't a, a comfortable place to, go spiritual, but he is, he is looking for opportunities Mm. to share the gospel. And it's one of those things where like, if you actually are looking for gospel opportunities, they are there. Uh, that's sometimes how we miss as we just go through our day and don't even think about it. But, uh, Anna as well was a teacher, uh, before they got married and just remember hearing stories time and time again of her, sharing with students and coaching volleyball and how many of her athletes are like asking spiritual questions. And she owns a small business too, that is very gospel centered and, and outward facing. I think they embody it well. Yeah. There's another couple that had been in our connection group last year, um, Adam and Lindsay, and they have committed with his job to move every nine months. Um, so they were in Minnesota, then they moved here, and now they're down in Texas. Um, but it was really cool for us to see when they moved to Cedar Rapids, they quickly found a church. They understood that they needed to be connected um, to the church, to other believers, to continue to pursue Jesus well, um, even though they knew they were going to be moving in nine months. But they got connected, they jumped in a connection group, started to form real relationships, which is super challenging when you know I'm just going to be leaving. It would have been much easier for them to not do that. Um, But they pursued Jesus. They pursued community. 
Um, and I think just have lifelong friendships now because they did that, that can continue to encourage them and just uh, point them to Christ. Yeah. And one of the, one of the last touch points we had with Adam and Lindsay, they were getting ready to, to leave to college station. And I just remember talking to them a little bit about like, Hey, what's the future hold for you guys? Like, would you want to go on a church plant? Do you want to go over? Like, would you go overseas? And they were both just like, yes. Like, mm. if God wants us to, we will go wherever he sends us. And I was like, that's challenging, <laughs> you know? Um, but sweet to see, uh, sweet to see them say that because that should be our heart posture, right? To say Isaiah 6, you know, encounter with Jesus and, uh, you know, Isaiah encounters God, he cleanses his lips, and God is like, hey, people need to hear, who's going to go? And Isaiah's like, here am I, send me. Mm -hmm. And he wasn't talking about his location, he was saying, no, like, please, this is me, I'm stepping out wherever you have me, send me. So, I think a lot of times when we're talking about proactively being on mission for the gospel, a lot of the not like defeater beliefs, but like hesitations that come up, come from either not feeling equipped. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe it's not, not being able to plan it all out. Um, so like a sense of the unknown, like it's scary or like, like what's going on here. But I think a lot of what, like the stories that you guys just shared and a lot of your story too, it's, it starts with primarily putting on the identity as like, Hmm. I am an ambassador. Like this is first and foremost, like, yes, I'm a father. Yes. I'm a husband. Yes. I'm a pastor. Yes. Hmm. I'm, you know, a neighbor, but on top of all of that, first and foremost, I'm an ambassador for Christ. So no matter what Avenue or which hat I'm wearing or what relationship I'm in, like my primary responsibility with the gospel that I've received is to share that and bring that to other Mm. people in all of those spaces. Now, even me, I know I don't do all of those things well all of the time and I miss opportunities left and right. And that's an opportunity to repent and to receive God's grace and to Mm. like feel that challenge to, Hey, next time I have this, I'm going to step into that. So like, just want to be, you know, an, a word of encouragement to those listening that like to be somebody who intentionally goes is to be an everyday missionary, but you need to put on that identity as everyday missionary ambassador, whatever you want to say. But remember that like God has reached you with his grace, not just for you. Hmm, That is meant to be shared and multiplied to other people. And when you open handedly hold your plans and say like, God, we're, this is where you've got us. We like show us what the next step is all that, but like to not like make a plan and then say, nope, we're staying in Hudson right. or nope, we're staying in Cedar Rapids or no, I'm just going to be a banker. Or, you know, I'm just going to be a mom. Like all the, no, like you're just going to be an ambassador for Christ no matter where God sends you and open handedly say, God, whatever is next, show me the way. Yeah. Like lead me into obedience lead me into opportunities to share the gospel. And when I fail, God, I know you're going to pick me back up and hmm. you're going to give me another opportunity. Absolutely. Like <clears throat> I think of the, the parable of the sower and the seed. The sower's not sitting there trying like, Oh no, here's rocky soil. So I got to, you know, I got to disc this up and I got to pick through and like work the soil. It's like, no, the sower 
His job is to sow the seed. Yeah. And it's going to fall on the different soils. And ultimately, God is the one who cultivates soil and who makes soil fertile, who makes hearts ready to receive the gospel. But our job as ambassadors or as sowers of the gospel, sowers of that seed, planting this message of hope Hmm. is to be faithful to plant it. Like if the sower just walked through the field and only relied on the holes in his bag to drop out the seed, he would get fired immediately because he's not doing his job. So us as people who have received this good news of the message of Jesus Christ, we need to intentionally share that with other people. That's good. So that's, that's what our job is. That's why it's important because it's not just about us. It's about God's glory being proclaimed, and that's what our job is. That's who we are. That's our identity. It's an identity shift from somebody who has received the gospel to somebody who is an ambassador for the gospel. That's good. And some of that is comes with maturity. Like, But even you, Jordan, like your story of, boom, oh, this is different. Yeah. Oh, like – Oh, I don't have to know it all. Like I can go share this this good news with other people. And like I think part of that too is we would be foolish to think until we've got it all figured out, then then we can go and share. But oftentimes the biggest ways we grow is by that shared discovery with somebody else. You meet somebody and they're like, Hey, what does this mean? What does the Bible say about that? You're like, I don't know. Let's go read it together, you know? Right. I think one of the sad realities that I've seen time and time again is it's almost backwards where you would think somebody who just encounters Jesus would be more sheepish. They're typically more outspoken. Mm, Yeah. And it's the people who have, you know, almost with a little bit of reckless abandon, right? (laughs) Too much. Hey Hey, man, scale it back. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Do that with gentleness and respect, please. Um, but it's the, it's the people who have been Christian for a longer time and maybe have more theological knowledge that get more in their head Mm. and are like, Oh, well now it's, what if I don't know where Mm. in 2013, I was like, if someone asked me a question, I would say, I don't know. I just met Jesus last week. Like, come see him with me, you know? Um, And also, the closer in proximity you are to salvation, what's probably true is you have more non-Christian friends because that's where you just stepped out of. And there is somewhat of a sad reality. Um, it's, It's a good thing when leveraged the right way, but the longer we follow Christ, in some ways, it's like our non- Christian friend group just shrinks Mm. because we are pulled into Christian community. And, and I love that. It's like, Oh, you become like the people you spend your time around. There's wisdom in that. But sometimes we swing the pendulum too far the other way. And it's just like, now all I do is hang out with Christians. And it's like, yeah, it's kind of hard to be an everyday missionary if all your friends are Christians. So yeah, that's tough. Yeah. Which is why, like we've intentionally stated that it's, proactively going. Yeah. It's not just like, like go and make disciples of all nations. is isn't just like when you go, but it's like, as you go intentionally, as you go and plan or as you leave your place and go somewhere else, like it's all of the goings. It's like, you're going to be going. Yeah. So do it. Go make disciples. Right. All right. Um, so you, you kind of led into this a little bit, even about how, this was foundational in your coming to faith. This was foundational in your coming to Cedar Rapids and answering that call to ministry. Um, if you know now and we're in the situation you are now, sorry, if you knew then what you knew now, like how blown would your mind be when it comes to the way that God has shaped you to be somebody who intentionally goes? Like how has God grown you guys in this area? Oh, man. 
foundations of faith to now and then on into the to the future what is what's that looking like yeah um man i think god's grown me in a ton of ways um what comes to mind initially is just people pleasing is a huge part of uh my backstory mm-hmm. and was a huge part of my my sin uh that I just wanted to be liked by everybody. And so, yeah, looking at, you know, Galatians one, you know, who am I? Like, am I a servant of Christ or am I not? Like, am I living to please man or am I living to please God? And uh, have just seen really by the power of the spirit and the gospel of Christ, just this uh, ability to get my eyes off myself and to say, man, this isn't about protecting me. This is about, genuinely loving other people well. And mm-hmm. sometimes that means it's going to offend them. Uh, that my primary goal is not to speak it in an offensive way, but the gospel is offensive. Uh, you know, you're telling somebody that they're dead in their sins and trespasses and that they need saved. So uh, living to please God, probably the biggest thing for me. But I think for me, one of the biggest things is just to be open-handed with everything. Um, really, we've seen that in where we're living, what is our family situation? How are we growing our family? Is that through biological children, adoptive children? Um, where are we going to go next? Are we going to stay in Cedar Rapids forever? Are we going to go somewhere else? Uh, I think previously I would have been pretty close-handed, comfortable at home. It's easier, uh, close to people we know. We have relationships here, so why would we go? Um, but I've really just seen God change my heart to have a willingness to go, but then also a desire because that's mm-hmm. different. I mean, you might be willing to go somewhere, but you don't really want to, mm-hmm. but you're going to do it anyway because you should. Um, and so I've really just seen God work in my heart in that to just say, no, I want to go because you are worth it. You know, your cause is worthy, Jesus. We want to make your name great wherever we are. Yeah. I think that's been sweet to see in you, Ellie. Like, as we've talked more with the elders about, you know, church planting and, you know, what is the future for, for our family and how does that play into the five-year vision of our church? Um, I remember sitting down and they're like, what do you think? And I was like, well, <laughs> I would love to plant a church, but Ellie will probably want to stay in Cedar Rapids forever. So if that's the case, I think we'll probably stay in Cedar Rapids. And just remember going home and talking to you about that conversation and being like, so what do you think? And you're like, did you tell him church planting? I'm like, no, no, this is what I said. And uh, I was like, so what do you think? And she's like, yeah, probably, probably stay in Cedar Rapids forever. And uh, I was like, all right. How long ago was that? That would have been a year and a half ago. Yeah, I think so. Something like okay. that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I was like, all right, sounds good. Like, we'll, we'll plan on that. And it wasn't but a week later that you were like, hey, I've been praying about it. Like, hmm. I think we should plant a church. Hmm. And um, yeah, that was like really sweet. That was totally like spirit of God at work in your heart and you willing to like listen, like your obedience to say, man, this is going re- to require me letting go of something. So um, that's been a ton of fun just to see God grow you in that too. Wait, you guys are planning a church? Yeah. Yeah, dude. <laughs> surprise, surprise. If you haven't heard by now, Jordan and Ellie are um, got your eyes set on starting to do some vision trips this summer. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and going to be figuring out where where God is calling you guys to plant. So um, exciting thing for us as a church, because we've had partnerships with some other like 
Ryan Hill and, and some people from here left to go, but that wasn't primarily like our plant to Florida. We hmm. had people that participated in that. It was, you know, out of Candeo and, um, then we planted just last year in Urbana. Yeah. Um, and this is going to be, so that was our local and this is part of our five year, a, a national like collegiate church plant. Yeah. So it's cool to see God providing and cha- I mean, changing heart, right? Mm. Like yeah. in, and making a way and just even to the, you know, laying that foundation of, Hey, this isn't just like a box we're trying to check. Um, but we think that this matters and this is something that we're going to put, like, it would be far easier for us as an organization to just keep you guys, yeah. <laughs> right? Just to hold on. It'd be, It'd like, be easier for us great. to stay let's too. Just, <laughs> let's just hang on. But, but that like, there's an element of it. Like when we're going to be faithful to God's call on our lives, it's not always going to be comfortable. Hmm. It's not going to be easy. Yeah. Um, you know, just making the decision, like it would be great if it's like, okay, making the decision was the hard part. Now it's just all rainbow. Like don't like, church planting. Haven't been a part of it. Uh, kind of here a sure. little bit. Like I was very grassroots on the, on the front end, but like there's an exciting, like all hands on deck, but then it, like it becomes a grind. Like there's, it's not an easy, like if it was easy, everyone would do it. Right. right? Like, and there's, there's realities of church plants that don't make it through Mm. the first, you know, was it three years? Yeah. That like a high percentage. I don't, I haven't looked recently that, that don't make it through there. And so it's a hard calling for sure. And it's going to be difficult, but we're willing to do it because God has invited us into his mission. Absolutely. And we think it's worth it. Wherever you guys go, like there are college students at that campus that don't yet know Jesus. Hmm. Maybe they're still in high school because they haven't, you know, enrolled in that university, wherever that is. But like, it's cool to think that there are people who are going to encounter the gospel because a group of people from Cedar Rapids, Iowa and whoever else jumps on and is a part of this plant team is proactively pursuing them with the gospel, even though we don't have their name, like we yeah. don't know who they are. We don't even know where does. we're going. Yeah. 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 We'll figure it it's out. It's amazing. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Make plans as we go. So yeah, yeah that's, that's amazing. That's wild. So I, I mean, that's part of it kind of going into this, like as we look ahead into, you know, we just celebrated 10 years hmm. of being a church here in Cedar Rapids, one year for Banna. Um, why do you think it's important that we have our eyes set on disciple making of being a disciple of Jesus as somebody who proactively goes to others with the gospels or with the gospel, why that's important for us as a church to have that ingrained in our vision and like to see, like to have hopes for the future. What, what do you guys hope for Veritas for the next one year, 10 years? Like what, what should we be praying about or hopeful that we would see God do in this area? Yeah, I think um, one thing that we've communicated to our college students, and I think it's been communicated uh, here at Veritas as well in in a variety of ways, but to say, we want our fruit growing on other people's trees, mm-hmm. uh, where it's like, that is ministry multiplication. It's not just 
you know, how do we make the name of Veritas great? Yeah. Uh, there actually should be this like anti-vision. There's something appealing about like, mm-hmm. what if nobody knows the name of Veritas, but everybody knows the name of Jesus? Mm-hmm. Like, wouldn't that be sweet? Uh, so it's like, how do we make a disciple who makes a disciple? And they're not like, wow, Jordan changed my life. They're able to say, Tyler Schnell changed my life. You know, it's like there is something life-giving and that's really good for our humility in giving away ministry. Mm -hmm. And so for us as a church to say, what would it look like for the fruit of Veritas Church to grow on other people's trees, Mm -hmm. other church plants, other missionaries to the other side of the world that people are not trying to find the epicenter of Veritas Church. They're trying to be like, wow, Jesus is amazing. And we talk about glorify God. It's like that all the glory does come back to to him, not to us. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like an anti-vision, but there is something attractive about it. Yeah. Yeah, And I think even when we just think about what does it look like to be a missionary in our city, as we think about church planting, we need to be doing that now here, focusing on the time that we're here. And we need other people to be doing that too, Mm -hmm. because to plant a church, you need people um, and you need people who are already everyday missionaries uh, to be sent out to go and to be a part of that vision that we're looking at in the next couple of years, I think is really important that that starts now because we would be foolish to think that we're going to start being everyday missionaries when we move to a new city Mm -hmm. Um, and people to come along with us. If you're not doing it now, it's going to get even harder. And so how can we use this time? How can we use this church who is healthy and has tons of everyday missionaries that we can lean on, that we can grow alongside um, to really be raised up better so that we can be sent um, all for God's glory. For sure. Yeah. There's an element of, I think I read this, it was in uh, J.D. Greer's book, Gaining by Losing. There's an element of sending that is for the sake of those who are doing the sending, not those that are sent, their maturity. Yeah. Because if we just rely on who we've got now doing the things that they're doing, like we can become complacent and like comfy. Mm. But there's an element of like when you send out leaders, there's like a leadership vacuum of like a, okay, next up, who's, yeah. who's going to step in, who's going to do something now that they weren't doing then. Like there's, um, it's a, a healthy part of growing. So it's not just about like, okay, I'm, I'm not somebody who's sent like we're all sent somewhere. Absolutely. But specifically when it comes to church planting and what this is going to look like for our church, like we need those, also sending to step up maybe into new roles, Hmm. maybe into, you know, like whether that's you guys stepping out of somebody in your group, stepping up to co-lead a connection group. Yeah. Right. Or like, you know, other roles that we play or, you know, having, I think it's been sweet to see the the progression of salt company from like its beginnings. I mean, Hmm. like it's so cool to see. I remember, um, early on, just this desire of like, we need college students to get connected to our church so that they have other people more than just like this college ministry thing that happens, but they need to understand that they're a part of the church now. Hmm. And like, man, I, I don't know how many we're at, but like I sit over on the left side at 8 a.m. in the auditorium and got college students like at 8 a.m. That's amazing. Right there. So cool. But that like, like we need more people to continue to step up and like to say like, this is worth it. Like we're on board for what God is doing. 
and what role can I play? Yeah. How can I be a part of this? Um, all right. As we wrap up here, just real quick, um, additional resources, books, authors, podcasts, things that you think would be helpful to, to hear or for people to engage with. What do you got? I'm a book guy. So you brought up Gaining by Losing, J.D. Mm-hmm. Greer. I think that's a phenomenal book just to reshape our perspective on sending. Um, Gospel Fluency uh, by Vanderstelt is is very uh, basic, but amazing. It's yeah. like the blocking and tackling of the gospel. Um, there's a book that I read while in school at Midwestern Seminary called Evangelism Is. And I think the subtitle is something like, instilling confidence and in sharing the gospel, mm. um, confidence and passion maybe in sharing mm. the gospel is a great read. Um, yeah. One of my favorite podcasts that I feel like I send out a couple times a month. It's through the gospel coalition podcast, but the episode is called how to share the gospel for all to hear. Mm. And the pastor's name is Sam Chan. Um, yeah, just a phenomenal, uh, I think it's a 50 minute podcast on how to share the gospel. Really helpful. I think some practical just rhythms, um, small things that you can do to start being a sent person. Um, like I had talked about earlier, just talking about what you do, what you care about, um, how you live your life, because that is going to have influence. That's going to put Jesus on display. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also being willing to pray um, for what's next, being open-handed, um, because that's a hard thing to pray. And I think just taking the first step to commit to doing that, and that might mean that you are going to share the gospel with somebody at work tomorrow. It might mean that you're going to you know, take a new job. It could mean have bigger implications. But I think just starting small and just saying, like, here I am, Lord, send me. Um, I'm willing and open to what you might have for my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And with with the element of go, this is a in all nations, uh, a global great commission. And so it's a good thing to say, yes, it is cross the street. Yes, it is cross the nation, but also it is like, think about people on the other side of the world. Mm -hmm. And so a couple different apps you could look at, uh, unreached of the day or operation world. Uh, those are great. They can just give you specific prayer requests, specific people groups to be praying for. And if you feel for whatever reason, the Lord is not calling you to be somebody that moves to the other side of the world. Uh, a rhythm Ellie and I have established is just to say, what does it look like for us to partner with global missionaries? Uh, so we, with our kids, are not moving to Bangkok, Thailand, but what does it look like for us to partner with them in prayer, mm-hmm. to give of our finances? Mm-hmm. Like Luke twelve thirty four says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So it's yeah. like, how do how do we stir our affections by where we like put our bank account? Um, just a great opportunity for you to say, man, if I'm not going to go to the other side of the world, how am I supporting people that are willing to go to the other side of the world? So, yeah, that's sweet. A couple other ones. Uh, like you said unreached, unreached of the day. Um, is that through the Joshua project? Yes, it is. Okay. That is, yep. yeah, that's sweet. So website, joshuaproject.net. Um, we also have a group of people who gather on third Sunday, um, of the month for global prayer. Um, hmm. so that's something too, like you were talking about how do, how do we partner with, global missionaries. Maybe like I'm not somebody that I'm going to move across, but what, what can I do? Yeah. How can I participate? What is our church doing in that? Um, so third Sunday of the month during the 11 o'clock service, there's a group of people that gather in the conference room upstairs and um, spend some time praying for the nations. Um, and then um, we do have, uh, yeah, we've got 
um, some different contexts and classes that we, we typically do. Um, so mature disciples class uh, is one of the things, one of the weeks we talk through um, going as an element of discipleship, that whole class, we talk through all the different elements. Um, it's really helpful. Uh, we've got a, um, something that we're going to be unrolling kind of a, it, this fall, something that can help you kind of figure out where you're at and, and discipleship of like, where am I strong? Where, where can I grow? And, and what does that look like for me? And so, um, all of these things, again, like the, the point of talking about these elements of discipleship isn't to like beat yourself up and be like, Oh, I just really, you know, I'm doing bad at following Jesus. Right. Like our mission is raise up mature disciples, send out every missionaries, glorify God. It's not, Hey, join the club when you got it all figured out. Yep. Like our point is that we should all, everyone at every level have a desire and a passion to continue to grow and be matured, not like become a mature disciple and then go out. It's like mm-hmm. be raised up, continue to pursue growth in your discipleship. And there's always going to be areas like none of us is going to be perfect in all of these areas at any given time. Something's going to give. There are others of us that are gifted in different ways, and we should soar with those strengths and encourage and pray for one another for that. But we can all continue to pursue growth in this. And ultimately, it's all about God's glory. Hmm. Like, this is not about us checking the boxes and becoming a, a super Christian. Right. This is about God being glorified. And we need to be good stewards of the resources that God has given us, of the abilities, and we should seek to do that all for his glory. So that's what we're about. That's what we want to do. We want to not just do a thing because we feel like we should. Um, We want to have a vision behind it. And thanks for sharing that today and talking about this with us and just pray that um, this can be an encouragement to those of you listening. Um, if you've got questions or, or want to talk through anything else with any of your connection group leaders or um, what this looks like to you, uh, how can I be a more, you know, how can I be better sent? How can I be yeah. more intentional with going to others? Um, we've got some context or um, want to help you do that. So thanks for joining us. Um, appreciate you guys listening and taking the time to listen to the series. Uh, Jordan and Ellie, any final parting words uh i mean just to be clear we love it here you know what i mean like i think sometimes around the 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 excitement of church planting there is almost an undertone of like oh i bet you're ready to leave and it's like it will be an acts 20 you know paul with the ephesian elders like weeping like that will be our experience we will leave weeping because we love we love this church we love this city these campuses all of you people um so yeah i think it's just worth saying that like it's we're not you're not running we're not running we're we're excited for where the lord's leading and we're so glad that we're here for two more years Mm -hmm. uh at least lord willing um so yeah, we love this church. We love all mm-hmm. of you and excited to continue to grow alongside you as mature disciples and everyday missionaries yeah. in the next two years. So, And maybe there's some of you that unknowingly two years from now will be joining Jordan and Ellie Come on a church on. plant. So start actively praying, recruiting. <laughs> Pray that God would lead you in that way or maybe uh, change your heart towards that. So, yeah. Yeah. Excited for you guys. Again, uh, a disciple of Jesus is somebody who proactively goes to others 
for the sake of the gospel in both word and deed, all for the glory of God. Amen. So uh, thanks again for joining us, church. Pray that we would continue to grow in our maturity as disciples so that we can be better disciple makers um, and that Jesus would be proclaimed not just here in Cedar Rapids, but throughout the nation and to the nations. Absolutely. Love it. All right. We'll see you guys. No, we won't see you because this is a podcast. We will talk to you later. We'll see you at church. All right. Take care. Love Love you guys. Bye.